Hello, Theologizers. This is Brett, one half of the Theobros, coming to you for our sweet 16. That's right, folks, our 16th episode of Theobros here in the month of August. We are rolling right through this year. It's hard to believe that the summertime is coming to a close and the fall is upon us. It is scary how fast time flies as you get older. Each year seems to be exponentially faster than the last. But I'm excited to record this episode. Unfortunately, I am by myself this week. Um, But I'm going to try to make the most of it and try to get some good content out to you guys. Um, So the plan for the next two episodes is to focus on one topic. This episode being part one of that topic and the next episode being part two. And that topic is all based around our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations. Those dreams that were implanted in our hearts as children. And those dreams that tend to get squandered as life progresses as we get older, as we make our way through the quote-unquote real world. So this episode is going to be dedicated to the hope-filled message of our Christian faith, our hope-filled message of this relationship that we have with God, and how that directly relates to these dreams and how the most important thing in the world to do with our longings, with our hopes, with our desires, with our dreams, is to keep them alive. And I believe that's because God is the planter of these dreams. That these desires of ours come directly from our Heavenly Father. And when we have these moments where we remember these sometimes faint dreams that were so prominent when we were younger, again, that tend to get muted as we get older, but on occasion rear their heads, resurface in sometimes the most unexpected moments that when we catch these desires welling up inside of us once again, that we would remember and that we would be present and that we would invite the Holy Spirit and invite God into this, these moments. And that we would be filled with hope, hope that our heavenly Father is whispering to us, these whispers that a lot of times we try to squash because we don't want to be disappointed. These whispers of hope, these whispers of home, of our ultimate destination, of all of these desires that we have for our lives, for ourselves, for our loved ones. But the world says are unrealistic. The world says, grow up, get practical, 
get with the real world and we slowly die to these dreams. But I believe that our Heavenly Father wants to reawaken these within us and that we are allowed to dream again. So without further ado, I present part one of an episode series we are going to call Keep the Dream Alive. So what started this idea for this episode was a recent experience that I had. So to give you a little a little bit of background on myself, I've always been very optimistic. I've always been sort of a hopeless romantic. That's always been my personality ever since I was young. And I had big hopes, big dreams for myself and what I thought was possible in this life in my youth as a child growing up through my teens, early 20s, the years before the world really gets at you. <laughs> um, being so blessed to grow up under a loving roof, loving parents, um, a healthy uh, family, a good community around me, good friends, I was able and so blessed to live in that sort of cocoon, that sort of protective bubble of an environment growing up where all of these hopes for my life and for what's possible um, were able to be nourished and encouraged. I think that's what contributed to this sort of optimism that I had, um, this sort of romanticism that I had about life, about what was possible. But I think another contributing factor was just my personality. I think that my personality kind of made me more of a positive-oriented person. So I think the environment that I was able to, and so fortunate to grow up in, combined with my natural personality, really made me this sort of hopeless romantic type. And so I grew up dreaming, dreaming big. And these dreams came from a lot of different places, but one of the most prominent places they came from was art, as we've talked about so much in the past on this podcast, um, movies and music specifically. I would watch movies growing up, whether it be The Lord of the Rings or Braveheart, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Forrest Gump. And I thought to myself, these films are speaking to me. They're speaking to the adventure of life. They're speaking to what is possible. And it just profoundly affected and nourished and awakened this dreamlike capacity within me. And then also music. You know, you have all of those more positive-oriented 90s pop songs and 90s alternative rock, and those affected me greatly too. 
I always, I, I've always been very moved by by music. It just, it, it takes me to a whole nother space, a whole nother level of living. So I wanted my life to play out like a song. I wanted my life to play out like a, a movie with a happy ending. But inevitably, we grow up. And inevitably, the world beats down on us through circumstances, through things not going how we expected them to go. And we find ourselves dreaming less and less and less. With that background in mind, I had this recent experience where I was in DC. I know I've spoken about that in the past because I've been up to DC quite a bit for work. When I'm up there, I try to do as much uh, sightseeing and you know get get some of the local experiences in while I'm able to be up there for work outside of the the work job. It's the job itself. I'm able to to kind of do whatever I want to do, you know, in the city and around the area with my free time. So it was the last day of my recent trip. And I must confess, going back to the idea of a hopeless romantic, I've always had this longing for a romance. And I've experienced that in my past. But I am currently single. And so in at this stage of my life, that's something that I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for someone to fall in love with, someone to hopefully marry and uh, have a family with, you know, I think that's something that most people want. And that's something that I desire as well. But it's kind of been in a different way recently. I, it hasn't been as romanticized since I've gotten older. You'll get anyone who's married telling you, you know, don't, don't let the movies, don't let the songs fool you. <laughs> You know, the butterflies are temporary. Once that pass, marriage is hard work. And I agree with that 100%. I don't believe that long-term romantic relationships are all are, are, are like the movies by any means, obviously, <laughs> at this stage in my life. I am way beyond thinking that naively about long-term relationships. But I almost let that crush any sense or hope of a true spark coming into play, a spark of romance, a spark of vulnerability, a spark of being swept off into a romantic situation, first meeting somebody. I wasn't even necessarily expecting that. But when I was up in DC recently, I found myself, you know, listening to my music and kind of doing my thing. And kind of having a resurgence of, of a hope in, for that for myself at some point. Not, not to say that, you know, this sort of romance, vulnerability, butterfly feeling would last, but just to, it'd be nice just to have that for, for a little bit. And I've had that in the past and I've, I've been in love and I've had um, very important relationships in my life, but obviously uh, none of those worked out long term. So I found myself kind of desiring that again. And so I was out and about in DC and long story short, I saw someone that kind of caught my eye that I was 
I thought was very, very beautiful, thought very attractive. And I felt like there was a little bit of back and forth with the eye gazing. And I was for a second there tempted to introduce myself and, you know, strike up a, a conversation, but I ended up not doing that. But there, and there was something about this particular time where I walked away regretting it. I was like, you know what? I should have done that. I should have said something, you know, who, who knows? I, you know, I live in Florida. This girl I'm sure lives in the city. No idea anything about her, but it was just this sort of regret. You know, I, I wish I would have, would have said something. And then I was walking away from that a little bit disappointed. And then later on that day there, the stars aligned. I don't know. I don't know what it was or how my, my longing kind of got caught up, but I was sitting in the subway station waiting on the, the Metro to catch to the airport to fly home. And I was listening to, uh, you know, Spotify on one of the random shuffled playlists. And this song came on, uh, this instrumental song from, uh, the movie La La Land, which is a musical, that came out a couple years ago that was up for picture of the year. It had Ryan Gosling in it and Emma Stone. And the, the theme of the movie is all about their dream. Emma Stone's dream to become an actress in Los Angeles and Ryan Gosling's dream to become a, an owner of a jazz bar uh, lounge in Los Angeles as well that plays freestyle jazz the, the which is the music he's very passionate about and as this instrumental music from the movie swept over me at 32 years old i started to remember that dream that i had when i was younger that that feeling of optimism once again i've gone through my fair share of struggles in life and like most people, those sort of hopes have been diminished a little bit in my life um, in place of more practical, more realistic expectations for myself. But as the music kind of swept over me in that subway station, I was thinking back to that desire to meet someone that I can feel vulnerable with and feel those sort of butterflies and be able to truly fall in love with. And I started to hope for that in a much more real way than I've hoped for that in a long time. And since I've been walking with God the last number of years and walking my Christian faith, when those sort of moments sweep over me, I bring God into it now. And I just feel, I've just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment and an integration with that desire that I had. And I felt God speaking to me that, Brett, it's okay. You can allow yourself to dream and to long for that again. What God revealed to me was that even in that desire, in that moment, that that was directly from God, that that longing for connection with somebody was 
a longing for God himself and for a gift that comes from God, which is the gift of connection and of love with our fellow human beings and whatever way that takes shape, whether it be a friendship, whether it be just a smile and an and eye contact with somebody to lift them up in a moment if they're having a bad day or a romantic context or the ability to step inside of someone's pain or someone's suffering and to be able to support someone through a hard time. Whatever way that love and that connection manifests in this life, that all comes from the relational triune God that is the source of who we are and the source of our longings and our desires and our dreams. And I felt God say, in this moment, you are connecting with me. That desire that you have for connection, that desire that you have for love, for a romantic relationship in this particular situation, this particular dream of yours comes from me. And I'm not saying it's all going to work out perfectly, but it was a mystical way which the Holy Spirit brought himself in to that moment and said, my, my son, dream again. Dream again. Don't let the brokenness of the world crush your dreams. Don't let the evil and negative voices in your head crush your dreams. I want to reawaken those dreams within you. And I want to bring them into a much more sacred place than they even were when you were a child. Because you're, you're very innocent as a child and these dreams come from an innocent place. But when you're able to revisit these dreams as an adult, especially as someone who follows Christ, and have, has given their life to, to God and to relationship with him, these dreams become much more deeper than they even were when you were younger. And God wants to bring you back to that, but in a much more profound way, bring you back to those original dreams, to those original longings for your life, but make them more deep and more sacred than you can ever imagine. Does that mean that we're pr promised that every specific dream that we have is going to come to fruition in this life? No, but it means that they can and that we need to always hope and always long and always dream because the act of dreaming itself, the act of desiring itself is connection with God and is making us alive and is pointing us toward our destiny. How that's all going to play out this side of heaven or in this life or in the next life, practically, we don't know. But we know in those moments that we're allowing ourselves to actually have that optimism again, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how old we are, no matter what 
our past looks like, no matter what mistakes we've made, that we are still able to dream and that God gives us the permission to do so because it's a it's the doorway into him and who God is every good and perfect gift comes from above there are heavenly lights and it's when we 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 integrate our entire selves and our entire life including these dreams of ours under the single headship of God himself that's when everything becomes whole everything becomes integrated into our being and we stop treating all of these things as separate kind of isolated island experiences instead of instead of having that moment of longing in us for a brief second and playing it off like it's just a broken dream that's never going to come to pass and has nothing to do with my spiritual life. We invite the Holy Spirit into it and realize, guess what? Secret of all secrets, it's coming from the Holy Spirit. And then we can allow ourselves to see clearly, to see that all of these hopes and dreams that we've had since we were young aren't by accident. They're not bad. They're not just unrealistic or unpractical or naive, but they're doorways into our destiny and to God himself. Again, it's, it's this mystical connection. It's not to say it's all going to work out absolutely perfectly or how we think, but we have the freedom and the allowance under the precious care of the Holy Spirit, of Jesus Christ, of our Heavenly Father, to awaken these dreams back out and to trust that God is going to use those to move us into deeper Imago days, deeper lovers, people who have the capacity to love better and more well and more like our Heavenly Father through these hopes, through these dreams, through these experiences, and that that one way or another is our destiny and these dreams will come to pass, whether in this life or the next. But I believe God does not want us to stop dreaming ever. It's never too late. You've never screwed up too bad. Don't let the negative voices of society, of practicality, of Satan, whatever it is, overtake these life-giving thoughts of hope. So my example was a longing and a dream for a romantic partner, for a future wife. But there's many other hopes and dreams that I have, and there's many, many hopes and dreams I'm sure that you guys have. Every dream under the sun, you know, whether it's a dream for a certain job or a certain career or a certain level of, of success or um, a certain ability to, to be able to pursue something that you're passionate about. Um, what, whatever the, the dream is for you, 
reawaken that dream. Allow it to come to life once again if it's been squandered. So I'd like to to springboard off my own personal experience and look at how th- this idea of dreaming and of hoping um, can be seen in uh, a number of, of select films that I've seen over the years that I think really point to this. We've already mentioned that the La La Land music contributed to my own personal experience. And that's because the film La La Land is, is all about this. Again, like I said earlier, it's about these two characters, the character of Ryan Gosling and of Emma Stone and how their paths cross and how they both have these passions, these fiery passions. Uh, Emma Stone is acting. It's, it's to become an actress. And, and Ryan Gosling, again, it's to play that freestyle jazz and own his own uh, club that that is all about... Uh, being a, a place where these freestyle jazz musicians can come and play their heart out and and a place for people to come and appreciate the type of music that he's so passionate about. And it's about how these two characters come together and fall in love. But in the end of the movie, they actually don't end up together. Spoiler alert. <laughs> two sequences that really run this point home about dreaming and being free and going for it and taking a risk. And one of them is this monologue that Emma Stone gives toward the end of the movie in one of her acting auditions. She talks about her grandmother and the story that her grandmother told her when she was young about a time she was in Paris and decided to jump into the river and that being a metaphor of these plunges that we sometimes need to take, even though it's a little bit scary, even though it's a little bit risky to really feel alive, to live life to the fullest and not let the world beat that out of us. My aunt used to live in Paris. I remember she used to come home and she would tell us these stories about being abroad. And I remember... She told us that she jumped into the river once, barefoot. She smiled, left without looking, and tumbled into the sand. She lived in her liquor 
died with a flicker. I'll always remember the flame. Here's to the ones who dream. Foolish. And then another scene is a scene where we realize that in the end, uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone don't end up together. Yet they, uh, many years down the road after Emma Stone gets married and has kids, she runs into Ryan Gosling in his his club. They both kind of fulfilled their occupational dream. Ryan Gosling now owns the free jazz lounge and Emma Stone is a successful actress and is now married and they make eye contact with each other as she stumbles into this random club. She doesn't realize he's the owner at, and he comes out on stage and they make eye contact. And then there's this whole sequence where you see what could have been if they would have stuck together um, instead of breaking up earlier in the movie. So it goes to show you life doesn't always turn out how you think. But in a weird way, in a mystical way, these dreams are always like our heartbeat. They're always our life source. As you saw the slight re- the regret in Ryan Gosling's eyes as he kind of went over what could have been with Emma Stone, it's, it's this mystical feeling that hope has not been lost, even though they ended up not together, and that their romance meant something despite that that the dream is more mystical and more sacred and larger, even goes beyond what actually happens out in reality. That somehow that, that time they had together still has an eternal significance. And there's such a bittersweetness to them still loving each other despite the fact that they have ended up in separate lives. And that's why I keep on running the point home. It doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, God's going to give you everything exactly how you want it, or 
he's going to make every specific dream come to fruition in this life exactly how you picture it coming to fruition. But dream nonetheless, because God is going to care for that and what the story he's writing for your life and the dreams that he's going to fulfill for you are going to be more than you can ever imagine. Because he is, in the end, the caretaker and the source of all your desires, all of your longings, all of your dreams. So even in the moment of dreaming, you're connecting with God, even before it even comes to pass, just allowing yourself to daydream about something that you so long for in your life. Even that moment is sacred and connecting you into a deeper relationship with God, recognizing that the Holy Spirit's working in your spirit. Because just the idea of hope, just the idea of a dream is life-giving and comes from God. It's like this sheer act of allowing yourself to sit back and reflect on your life and hope for something is in a heavenly light implanted in your spirit from God. Not even the dream come into fruition, just the act of dreaming itself is moving you closer to God. So be free, be recklessly abandoned in your dreaming, no matter what, and never stop the dream. Never let life puff out your dreams, blow out the candle, the fire, because you have God on your side, the source of your being, the source of your dreams, the source of your longing, the source of your desires, and someone who cares for your soul, who cares for your spirit, who cares for your desires, who cares for your emotions, who cares for your dreams, who wants you to dream, who wants the best for you. We need to start integrating the entirety of our experience, the entirety of our lives into our relationship with God and to the source, instead of having everything scattered and separated, we need to start integrating all that is good, all that is true, all that is beautiful, all that is loving into the one place where it all comes together, which is in the heart of God himself. So La La Land was, was such, such a big example of this. Um, and another movie that, you know, some people kind of look at as cheesy, but, you know, I'm a little cheesy, so I really actually enjoyed this movie. And it's also a musical that came out in the last couple of years, and it speaks to this idea of keeping the dream alive, and that is The Greatest Showman. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. So I held off on watching this for a while because I was like, hmm, I don't know. Is the song really going to be that good? Like, it's about the circus, got Hugh Jackman dancing around. I'm like, hmm, I don't know. But then I finally watched it, and let me tell you, I really liked it. I'm secure enough in my manhood <laughs> to say I really enjoy The Greatest Showman. It's because of that hopeless romantic that I am that I enjoyed it. And one of my favorite parts of the movie are, are the beginnings of the movie. Because you have Hugh Jackman as a, a child uh, with his father. 
and he's not in the best of circumstances. He helps his father with uh, his work, I think, of being a tailor for some of the more rich elite people in the uh, the city. They don't make much money. They travel a lot. He doesn't have a whole lot, um, yet he has this spark within him. And one of these dreams he has is the dream to win the affection of the daughter of one of these rich clientele that his father has uh, as a tailor. And um, they're just kids at this point, kind of have this friendship when they're young. And he ends up screwing up big time in the house of, of her, her father while his dad is making this tailored suit or whatever he's doing for him. And uh, the, her father gets really mad at him for kind of joking around with her because she comes from this very kind of strict, straight-laced, high-class family. His parents are very strict, and the father gets really upset at him and her. And so they kind of run off to the beach near her house. And he sings this, this song, A Million Dreams. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we can relate to this. I think when we're all children, we have a million dreams. The world is our oyster. Anything's possible. We have our whole life ahead of us. We, almost, we have a clean slate and we have million, a million dreams. And he goes into this song where he expresses these dreams to her. And there's this whole montage where he's growing up. They eventually fall in love, get married. And the, the end of the song is him and her singing as adults, now with children. And he has this new dream to, to entertain the world, to be a, a showman that brings life and laughter and hope and entertainment to, to, uh, to people. And he doesn't know how he's going to do that yet, but he just has this dream to, to share his uh, vibrancy for life and for entertainment with the world. 
And this whole song speaks so powerfully to the to his dreams and to her dreams and to their daughter's dreams. And when I was listening to it, it brought me back to when I was a child. And it just spoke so powerfully and brought me back to my dreams. And, and the whole movie is him pursuing it, this dream of his for it coming to fruition, kind of crashing down, but then him building up from the ashes figuratively and literally at the end of the movie into realizing that original dream for his wife, for his children is what really matters. And he comes back to that. So dreams take all different forms. And the greatest showman is such a powerful example of that. Is it a little, a little cheesy and stuff? Yeah, but we need more of those type of movies. And I think that's why it did so good because music is so powerful for people. It, 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 it awakens people's spirits. It awakens the dreams in people. And that's why people love movies like this, like The Greatest Showman, especially when these, these themes and these ideas and the, the, the humanity of these experiences is presented through song. So, song and music is the most powerful connector in the universe to God into the transcendent and into the deeper meanings of life. So powerful. That's why I'm not surprised that these two examples that I just gave are both musicals, La La Land and The Greatest Showman. Another example of, of this, this theme is in the Disney Pixar movie, Up. And if you haven't seen this movie, it's about... Uh, a couple kids who meet each other that have this dream for adventure in South America specifically to go to these these giant waterfalls in South America and explore and be and go on this big adventure. They end up these two kids end up growing up and getting married, and then they have this dream for children, but that dream is crushed because of her inability to have children. So you see the bittersweetness too at play with how sometimes dreams don't practically manifest in this life. Does that mean we should stop dreaming? No, by no means does it because there's always hope with God. And he's going to use every piece of our story, the brokenness, the fulfillment of dreams, the love, the heartbreak for the happy ending that he's painting for us. So even if you have setbacks, do not let that squander your hope. And they don't in the story. The husband and wife, even though they can't have kids, they keep the dream of going to South America alive. And then before they're able to save up enough funds to go, you know, life gets in the way. They end up having to put money toward all the practicalities of life. And before you know it, they're in their older age. And his wife eventually passes away and he's left alone crushed because of these dreams that did not come to practical fulfillment in his life. The, the children didn't come and his longing for the adventure in South America didn't come. But then just like God will work somehow, whether it's this side of heaven or the next, he ends up in this roundabout way, fulfilling these dreams 
I don't know how he does it, but he puts the balloons on a string attached to his house and it ends up carrying him off. And he actually has to South America. He actually has this stowaway too, this little uh, boy scout <laughs> that he kind of turns away earlier in the movie and is mean to, but the boy scout happens to be on the house when it floats off. And long story short, his house ends up right on those falls in South America with the picture of his wife beside him in his old age. And he ends up being a father figure to this Boy Scout. If that isn't a picture how God can take the broken dreams as well and turn them into new dreams and new fulfillments, I don't know what is. So Up is another beautiful example of this. And then the final example that I want to give is bringing it back to this romance. The longing for romance. Most people want that. They want to find that special somebody. They want to find that lifelong partner that they can do life with, that they can fall in love with and care for and be there for. I'd say that's something that most people want. I think that's why romantic movies are so popular. I think that's why most songs speak about romance. And I think that's why all these women these days are still watching The Bachelor. That's a universal desire. And that's one that gets crushed, I think, pretty easily. <laughs> you know, we watch these movies like The Notebook or, you know, Walk to Remember. I, my personal holiday favorite, Love Actually. And we want that, right? And of course, people say, you know, romance is not like the movies. And I agree with that, of course. But there's a spark there that falls under the lordship of God. And I think that it's not unrealistic to long for at least a little bit of time where the sparks are flying and the butterflies are going, even if it doesn't last. And it won't last, obviously. The long term is a day-to-day -day choice to love and to give oneself away in humble submission to your partner over years and years and to put God at the center of that relationship. But, I, but there's nothing wrong with hoping that that right one's going to walk in and that it's, it is going to play out. At least initially, where you're going to, you're kind of, you're kind of going to be feeling it. You're going to be in that experience of falling in love, that, uh, um, that type of love that God has, has planted in the world for us to enjoy the romantic love. And, um, there's nothing wrong with longing for that and hoping for that, but bring God into it and he'll show us how to truly love somebody and how his form of love and self-sacrifice for another person will lead to such a long-term, um, deep, meaningful love and not end in how a lot of relationships in these days and premature breakups and divorce and all the brokenness we have, but that we are allowed, we don't have to let those statistics discourage us. And even if we've screwed up in the past or we, we have a rocky past with relationships or marriage, that, that God is always doing a new work in us, that we can continue to dream and long for that. And hey, even enjoy a romantic movie 
like love actually and hope for for, for that you know that feeling you know obviously the feeling is not going to last you know long term but there's nothing wrong with hoping at least that that spark will be there initially and and that will propel you into that self service choice that you're going to make to love that person no matter what for the rest of your life don't just write romantic movies off don't write your dreams off for whatever that is to pursue your passion to think that the that this life just can't provide for these dreams that you have that you're dreaming too big let me end it on this is the world broken yes are there a lot of practical concerns that we have to deal with in the day-to-day grind of life yes is there evil in the world yes is there deep brokenness and heartache in the world yes and we're not downplaying that with our dreams because dreams in and of themselves won't overcome the brokenness of this world and of our lives the dreams by themselves won't even make a dent in that and the dreams by themselves are unrealistic and are seen through rose-colored glasses but the biggest but ever when you give your life to Jesus Christ to the Holy Spirit to our Abba Father the source of who we are and the source of all of the beauty and all of the redemption and everything that is good and everything that is loving in this world to the God whose essence and whose very being is self-sacrificial love. All things are possible. Is that a prosperity thing? No. Is that like, oh, all your dreams have come through? No. But it means that God has bigger dreams for you than you even have for yourself. And then God wants the best for his children. And then no matter what you see, no matter what brokenness you see in the world, no matter what has happened to you in your past, no matter how old you are, no matter what horrible thing you're going through, you can still dream. You can still dream, not in a, in a uh, silo, but you dream with God, with your heavenly father. Bring the Holy Spirit into those dreams. And realize that those dreams don't live in a vacuum, that they come from the heart of God. And when you bring God into the equation, and as the lordship of all of your hopes, all of your desires, all of your dreams, then that is when we're really cooking with gas. That's when this life can take off in the adventure that it's meant to be had. Does that mean everything's going to work out perfectly? No, but it means that you dream as if every single one is possible. Because nothing can keep you from God. Nothing can keep you from the dreams that he has for you. Not death. Nothing in this world. No evil in this world can keep you from that. And the act of dreaming and of hoping itself is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of God, and it's what's going to propel you to live the life God has for you. Because when you're 
soul is stirred, when your soul is awakened and on fire, then you can truly live out this life of following Christ and dying into yourself and awakening to love. We have so many preachers out there saying, follow Jesus, pick up your cross, love, but they don't explain that God will be the fire and the igniter and the source that will allow you to do that in the most genuine way. It's not all about just denying yourself things, but those things being denied are be able to be done because the spirit of God is infused through you and through your personality and in through your dreams and in through you, love will be awakened. And all the pure dreams that we have, I would venture to say, are all have to do with some sort of connection and love. And that is the triune God we serve. Whether it's communicating something we're passionate about, all that is connection and love with other people. We want to connect with people and and share our passion with people or for romantic love or for a deep friendship with somebody. All of that is love as well. So all those pure dreams can be awakened once again, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what the circumstances of your life are, you can dream again. And God wants you to keep that dream alive. So keep the dream alive. Never let the world crush it. Never let the enemy crush it. When you feel down, when you feel discouraged, go to your source, go to the agape, beautiful, more than we can ever imagine love of God for you. And bring those hopes to him again. Bring those desires. Bring those dreams to him. And he will care for those. And he will nourish those. Whenever you're feeling discouraged, whenever you're feeling like the world has beat it out of you, go back to your source, Jesus Christ. And he will lift your chin again. He will wipe the tears from your eyes. He will say, I don't care what you have done. You are forgiven. You are loved. Regret doesn't exist with me. Shame doesn't exist with me. Discouragement doesn't exist with me. And loss of hope does not exist with me. Lift your head, child. Dream again. I am with you. I love you. That is what God wants for us. So there's my uber passionate take on keeping the dream alive. Again, I'm sorry if there was too much passion, but I can't help myself. And then next episode, I will get with Ben and Tori, my Theo bro and my Theo sis. And we will continue this topic of keeping the dream alive with more examples that we see in film and the writings of C.S. Lewis and music. And we will keep the conversation going. So with that said, I thank you, Theologizers, as always, for listening on the Sweet 16 episode of the Theo Bros Podcast about keeping our dreams alive. I will take off my Sweet 16 tiara now as I sign off. Again, one half of the Theo Bros, Brett coming at you. I appreciate you guys listening as always. 
and we will see you on the next episode. Keep dreaming, theologizers. We'll see you soon. This is the Theobros Podcast. <laughs>